This is the A. I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is the Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! Yeah. In any case, yeah, uh, so you know that you're being recorded. <laughs> we are sponsored, as always, by Central Works, a new play theater headed up by Gary Graves and Jan Leisler. Central Works, reinventing theater one play at a time. We want to thank Central Works for sponsoring the A and our consulting producer, Mallory Samara. Thank her so much for everything that she does for the yay. Yeah, and we have, a, we have a special guest this, uh, this uh, Saturday morning. Uh, usually we record at 12. Now we're doing it at 10 just for today. Christian Wilburn, playwright. And uh, you have a piece going up at the um, tonight best for uh, best, best of Playground. Chris, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on today. I'm really excited. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. I'm excited to have a piece go on uh, in like, what, six hours, seven hours? Something like yeah, that. no, it's always yeah, exciting. Eight hours, I think. I don't know. Uh, play- seven o'clock, isn't it? Uh, that's eight. Actors are called at six. I'm directing the piece, full disclosure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we will talk more about it. But yeah, it's. Um, I think it's seven o'clock show. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Best of Playground 25, and uh, there's going to be a bunch of shows. I think, what, six shows? How many shows? Mm-hmm. Seven. Seven. Seven this time. <laughs> Jim, Jim got greedy, and he put up seven. We'll see if that works. <laughs> got to squeeze it all in. No, that's fine. I, I, you know, I've never even asked myself, do I get more nervous as a writer or as an actor? Probably more as a writer because it's my piece, and although I may not even be on stage, it's like my baby, and I, you know I want to make sure that everyone everything goes just right, and I get a little tense or whatever. Christian, do you feel that way? Do you ever get uh, nervous when your piece is up? Oh yeah, well I, it's always it's been an evolution for me for a long time because um, I remember the first time I ever wrote anything um, that was ever seen by anyone was I was thirteen, and I I like asked my middle school theater professor uh if i could put on a show as a part of our one act and we had this like really tiny school she was like sure you know you want to write a play sure um and i i wrote one um wrote like a a little funny comedy thing and i remember i was when it as it went on i curled up into the fetal position like in this like balcony above the stage and like just stayed there for most of the runtime um so like that was that was like one of the most terrifying experiences of my life um just not being on stage not having any control of what was going on yeah yeah no i totally know the feeling and we'll talk more about you and uh, and your evolution from your uh, upbringing up to now. Um, but as I begin uh, our podcast uh, every week, how's your week, Norman? What a week. Um, we are so close to the end of school. So I've got a couple more weeks of, excuse me, not even a week and a half of classes. I'm putting a group of uh, seventh graders through the opening of Romeo and Juliet. We're doing the opening, the balcony scene with a little bit of the prologue. And, um, oh, and then the, um, the nurses, I don't know how well you know Romeo and Juliet, but um, the nurse, after Tybalt gets killed, after Juliet's cousin, Tybalt, gets killed by Romeo, she comes running in going, oh, and it actually takes her about a dozen lines or so before she finally gives out the information. She just keeps saying, he's dead, he's dead, he's dead. <laughs> And Julie, it's like, who's dead? Who's dead? What, what, who, what happened? Um, so it's a neat comic moment, but it's also really like, you know, uh oh, serious. Like somebody has died. This is, 
so I felt like that was a good sort of cliffhanger. Um, so yeah, we've got that coming up in a couple of weeks. And then after that, my schedule kind of opens up. My biggest personal news is I have, I, I think I mentioned, I got a ticket going and it's so funny looking at the yay at the image you've got up the going across the golden not across going to the golden gate bridge i was going to Jeannie baroga's house she lives in the marin headlands and i was taking that exit right before the bridge and i had a dessert i was bringing with me that i had on my dash so as i turned the dessert started to slide and i mm. grabbed it and slid right through this stop sign and there was a cop chp mm. that's a big ticket Oh, man. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do about this. It used to be you could go to court and they would knock it down, uh, depending on if you went to if you challenged it and the cop didn't show up, they would dismiss the ticket. Right. But they've gotten very greedy. And so I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do. I look on the website and it says, oh, community service. And I was like, bam. So I just went in this week to turn in my paperwork to apply for community service. And they immediately gave it to me. Um, and then, uh, and she immediately tried to hand me this list. These are the providers. And I said, you told me I could do it in my county because I live in Oakland. I don't want to be coming back over to Marin, even though I had, I called up the Marin Shakespeare Festival. I was like, hey, could y'all help me out? And they were like, if you need us, we can help you. But no, they said I can do it over here. So I'm actually going to do it with Central Works. <laughs> Right on. Very, very good. And yeah, how, so, how many how many uh, hours, I guess, is it like a day? Well, that's the greatest thing about it. So with these fines and everything, it's it's a two hundred and forty dollar ticket. Um, and it used to be over here that they paid like ten or eleven dollars an hour. And so you had to translate that into how many hours you had to work to work off the ticket. And I have more than once done this. And I just go to people and say, look, my time is worth more than $10 an hour. So can we like double or triple this? Cause that's about, you know, I get paid more to teach than $30 an hour. So, and everybody's been really cool about it. So I'm going to end up having to do, but Marin, because it's Marin actually pays more. They, uh, they do it at $24 an hour. So I'm going to be able to do 10 hours and I don't have to twist anybody's arm and mm -hmm. I'm going to do something fabulous for Central Works. Ten hours of something fabulous. <clears throat> All of this because of a, uh, a dessert. Was it a pie or a cake or something like that? It was a galette. <laughs> a galette. It's a pastry. Um, it's sort of a. It's sort of like a pizza, <laughs> fruit pizza, basically. Mm -hmm. It's a wonderful pastry, and then they fold over the edges, and inside is is the fruit. You know, it ah. doesn't actually have a top. Um, it doesn't have a top layer. It just has, they just fold the edges in. Yeah. And you see the pruning inside. I sort of get it. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. It's beautiful. It was wonderful. It was not cheap. And it, boy, it became a lot less. It became a lot more expensive. <laughs> I hope yeah, Jeannie enjoys it. Um, there've been a couple of, uh, current events. Uh, there's been a lot of airline stuff and, you know, I guess because oh, really? it's summertime, yeah, one airline stewardess had uh, was assaulted, and she had two teeth knocked two teeth. out. Southwest, yes. yeah, Southwest oh, wow. Airlines. So that was one, and then also another airline incident. And that person has been banned for life from yeah. Southwest Airlines. And then another guy was fined nine thousand dollars for not wearing a mask. A flight from Oakland to Houston. 
Um, but there's been a lot of it. There was a woman who I guess represents the union for the airlines, basically saying there's been an up 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 tick of yeah. um, violence uh, on the on the uh, passenger planes. I don't know if it's as a result of COVID nineteen or just people are just more angrier, but uh, it's it's crazy. I mean, um, you know, I've I mean I've flown quite you know because I have family in Washington D.C. so I fly regularly especially during the holiday season, but I don't think I've ever had, you know, a crazy incident. Have any of you had a crazy incident happen on the plane? Uh, yes. Oh God. <laughs> but it wasn't, and it wasn't a white woman, unfortunately. It, it was a black Not a woman. Karen. Oh, okay. It was a, she, right, it was a black Karen. Oh my God. So, you know, when you sit in the front row, there's no place to put your bags and stuff, right? Right. But it has to go up above. So the stewardess tells her that she says, well, no, I, I'm just going to hold on to it. And the stewardess says, no, you can't hold on to it. There's even a little sign on the wall right there tells you you can't do it. She goes back and forth. The supervisor comes. They try to tell her and they're being polite. And she starts to get an attitude and starts trying to claim they're being racist. <laughs> OK. And immediately my hand went up. I'm sitting in the seat right behind her. And I'm just like, oh, no, 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 no. I heard this whole thing. That woman ain't said shit to you except what she's supposed to. And because, and they said, that's okay. Next thing you know, Air Marshal walks on. Oh, and goodness. I need you wow. to come out and talk to me. They took her, you, I'm not taking you off the plane. I just need you to step out and talk to me. They stepped her into the little gangway thing. <laughs> Close the door. Boom. How about you, Christian? Have you had any crazy experiences on the plane? Oh, man, nothing like that. I mean, um, you know, just mostly mostly some very terrifying turbulence for a period of time. Ooh. But yeah, uh, you know, but it was it's one of those. I think I'm like one of those people that like if we do get to turbulence, like I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to die. So it might have been for about like 20 to 30 seconds, but it felt like about two or three hours. Yeah, so. but I do, I do wonder psychologically what's going on. I mean, I know that people are people have politicized wearing a mask or not wearing a mask, even if you're vaccinated. And uh, I just think that it, it just isn't worth it. I mean, and especially flying a plane back. I mean, I would be so pissed off if someone flipped an attitude and it cost me going to, you know, see my family or, or especially overseas. It's, it's just crazy. So yeah, no, it, it's definitely a wild thing. I'm sitting here adjusting stuff because the other thing that's going on is Dexter's friends, his little buddies have all come back from school. You know, the ones who went away to school are back. Um, he's finished up his finals. And so they had a little party last night and they actually went out. I think they were over by you <laughs> over oh, either Brooklyn oh, Basin or, um, or at the bottom of the lake, uh, the skate parties. Oh, nice. So they went out and they partied and then some of them are camped out downstairs in my playroom. So this is my office for the day. Yeah. So um, obviously there was the San Jose shooting. That was very, very tragic. And also, I mean, there have been a couple of shootings uh, here in, Cal in California. Of course, they're still looking for the guy who uh, killed, I think it was a six-year-old. Road rage, road rage incident. Just uh, whipped right. out a gun and just boom. Um, and also we have the San Jose thing, uh, a guy who I guess was a disgruntled worker. He was going to be disciplined that day. And, right. Um, for racism. For, for racism. Racist. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And the only other thing that I have is, uh, well, of course, uh, Congress, the Republicans basically says, oh, January the 6th. You know, what's that? And it's been handled and nothing really happened. But I was barricading doors. Yeah. 
It's very, very crazy. And Kristen uh, Cinema, what the hell is up with her? I, I hate to be mad at this woman, but what the hell? She didn't even show up to vote. Oh, I would have voted yes. What? I'm always curious as to how the millennials think of uh, politics. As you know, uh, Norman, you and I, I mean, uh, you're a, I think you're a generation, I want to put you as a generation Xer, Norman. Uh, you may no, think of I'm yourself not. as a late boomer. You're, you're okay. A boomer. You're a boomer. Okay. You're a boomer. I'm an Xer. But Christian, you are a, uh, a millennial. What do you think of just the political climate as of right now? I mean, what do you have a, a take oh, on what's going on? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it is, I mean, it's one of those situations where, uh, I mean, starting, you know, growing up and like the first president like I ever knew was George Bush, essentially. And then starting from, you know, oh, there are uh, weapons of mass destruction in Iraq and there are not. And then over the next 20 years, watching the Republican Party essentially gaslight a nation. And so now the point, like, what even happened on January the 6th? You know, like, was it people now they're saying, oh, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, it really is like just, you know, saying that this is a, uh, it was a protest and people were like tourists and right. it's handled, but nothing it happened. And, yeah, you know, it was, it was everything except for what everybody saw it was for those 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 three or four hours and then you know it's just like weird classic like obvious gaslighting behavior that's being done to a large portion of the country um and kind of growing up and and seeing all those things happen um and you know like you know one of my set like my second election was uh, or you know my second president was Barack Obama and there was that whole like there was a, a group you know there was the group of people going we ended racism there was a lot of other people going no we didn't and then Donald Trump came along and it was like that group was like yeah <laughs> we were uh, y'all were wrong about the ending racism part for sure um and I don't know it's it's been it's it's been uh you know it's been a lot of uh disillusionment I think Mm-hmm. Um, as I have grown up, because I'm from San Francisco, and you know, was a very uh, you know wide-eyed, idealistic kid, and seeing the way that the country has sort of gone and then kind of gone back has been it's been very sobering. Um, it's been I, I feel like it's it's made me jaded at times, but I think. Um, I mean, it's just, it's been one of those things where I, I, even when I was young, I never thought something like this could happen to the degree that it has, but as it's evolved, it's just sort of seemed inevitable. And I hope that this generation, what I've seen though, that's been a light of hope is that a lot of my friends are feeling very fed up with the way that this is working. A lot of my friends, you know, including myself, were going out to protests uh, over the last year. We were getting more involved. We were you know, I have a lot of friends of mine who are organizers. Um, it seems to be that uh, a lot of the people who I know are getting a lot more involved and caring a lot more about everything that's going on. And that might just be my own area, but I think that um, a lot of young people are very, very upset and a lot of people want things to change. And I think that we're working towards doing that. So um, yeah, I, think, I think you're right. The gaslighting is not as effective as it might have been a generation ago and maybe even 10 years ago. I think the younger generation is quicker to to sort of sift through what is true and what is not. Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, during the, I mean, 
I uh, was a teenager during the Reagan years, and it was so much easier to control the masses and control information. And uh, it's far easier to gaslight, you know, when you only have three stations that you're looking at the news, ABC, NBC, and CBS. Way harder when you have social media. You know, you have TikTok, you have um, uh, YouTube videos, and you can uh, just, you know, social media. Information just travels so quickly that the Republicans can say one thing, but we see, you know, everything else that's happening. And the millennials, I mean, I have to hand it to the millennials. They they are sort of the um, the spiritual successors of the, the sort of the hippie generation where there's protesting and there's, you know, active um, activism. So it's, it's really, really enlightening to see um, so many young people uh, engaged in today's politics. Yeah. So I think it's really, really cool. Yeah, there was a there was a bit of a grand irony to a lot of, you know, sort of who's sort of been the people being gaslit because i was the generation of don't believe everything you see on the internet right um we were mm-hmm. we were growing up with it and it's been so more like millennials gen z i'm like right in between millennials and gen z but we tend to be the ones that fall less for fake news rather than people who you know this was like the demographic of who showed up at the at that january 6th rally were people who were boomers Uh, you know later gen xers like those were the people who were falling for it and they were the ones telling us our lives not to believe everything we saw on the internet and i'm like watching this on tv like where were (laughs) (laughs) y'all right what did you learn that lesson yeah yeah exactly Um, and and it's that's and you know that's what you're talking about it's like the facts are out there the information's out there people just need to learn how to sift through it and we're a generation that has just been inundated with how to sift through this type of sift through the BS. We've been had fake stuff thrown at us all our lives because we grew up with the internet. And so we now know how to do that. And I think there's, I mean, there's a, a wide portion of the country that needs to learn those lessons we learned as kids. Yeah, exactly. If you want to learn, you know, there's certain folks who, you know, the information, the truth is out there if you want the truth. You know, there's some folks who would perfectly just love to be disillusioned and only stay in their little uh, box in their little corner and believe what they want to believe. Well, I think Um, we all want to be, you know, we want that comfort, but when the facts tell you otherwise, what are you going to do? Right. That's exactly right. And with that, let's get into an origin story. Christian Wilburn. Um, So you're, uh, you're a native of San Francisco, huh? I am a native of San Francisco. Right on. Siblings? Um, No siblings. I'm an only child. Yeah. Right on. I grew up an only child. Uh, yeah. So um, how did you get involved in theater? Uh, you talked about, you know, your first time, uh, I guess, writing. I mean, so when you did that first play, was it the, was it the did you say the fourth grade, fifth grade? No, I was I was I was 13. Um, and I actually no, I actually mixed up the stories a little bit. I was 13 when I wrote my first play and I actually, uh, you know, it was very small school. And so they're like, we have, we have a kid who wants to write a play. We'll let him write a play. Um, and so I, 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 I ended up acting in it as well, and I co-directed it, and that was a lot of fun. Um, and I, I'd never written anything before, but I'd always kind of done um, bits and skits and stuff like that. Um, just, I don't know, you know, like kids, like I, I, I was, I, I, I loved like Monty Python at that age. I've watched a lot of, um, surprisingly, like, like a lot of the older uh comedy stuff like the marx brothers and abbott and costello and so wow you're an old soul yeah i mean my dad was well very instrumental in that he wanted to he he really wanted me to be an artist so he was like showing me all this stuff um and 
but yeah so that was a lot of what I was into at the time so I was I'd kind of like come up with ideas for stuff and never write it down my dad was like you need to write a play and you need to go talk to your theater teacher and say that you're going to do this um and so I did and that was a ton of fun and then the next year I wrote a play did not start it and that's when I had that whole uh fetal position situation um but uh that's how I came to writing and then I came to theater um we did uh through a uh in my elementary school my music teacher did a way too ambitious third grade uh review production of Oklahoma uh (laughs) where we were supposed to just do a series of like selected songs from it and Mm -hmm. we ended up performing the entire show and that's that's not a short show Right. Um, and we, uh, and I ended up playing Curly in that. And that was like the first time I'd ever like really acted in anything before. And I absolutely loved it. Um, I don't know if, I'm pretty sure the parents didn't, but, um, you know, third, uh, you know, two hour third grade production, not, not the most fun, but I enjoyed, I enjoyed myself a lot. And then um, I kind of just kept uh, wanting to do theater and, you know, doing like different middle schools, theater companies around the area and stuff like that. And just kept doing it throughout. And so writing, acting were always things that I'd done. And um, like, I always sort of did those together. And um, sometimes I went more away, away from acting and then went more into writing. And um, uh, yeah, but that was kind of, where I started doing theater, started doing theater very, very young and kept doing it throughout and was a theater major in college. And now here I am. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you, um, when did you, because there are a lot of folks who get involved in theater and it's like, okay, this is a nice little hobby thing or this is something fun to do right now. But then there are those who are like, wow, this is my calling. This is the thing. Um, did that happen during high school or maybe when you went into college? When did you know that this is the life for you? Yeah, I, I definitely knew that I wanted to be an artist very, very young. Because when I was a kid, I was actually very sick. Um, and I, I had a very rare autoimmune disorder that actually uh, doesn't have a name yet. It's, it's that rare. Wow. It's surprisingly common to have unique autoimmune disorders. There's, um, but there, yeah, but I, I had an autoimmune disorder and it was very, uh, it was very taxing on my body when I was a very young kid. And, you know, it was, I, we, uh, I mean, it was, you should have seen me. Like I looked like death uh, and I, I missed like seven, seven straight months of school. I couldn't go to school for a while. And we, we thought, I mean, we, we didn't know how much longer I had left. Um, oh, wow. We, yeah, we were, it got real bad, but luckily it was, I, I made kind of a miraculous recovery because doctors didn't really know what what was going on and we kept throwing everything at the wall until something something stuck and I started getting in better and improving and improving and now I'm 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 a lot better than I used to be um it's been you know a 12-year battle um but yeah when I went through something like that you know having that illness and then even before then I'd had a lot of really uh kind of dark illness situations I, I, I would get sick all the time anytime I get a cold it would turn into bronchitis it was really intense mm-hmm. and so after that point really I was like I'm gonna do what I want to do with my life 
Um, and I knew I liked, I knew I really loved art. I knew I really loved actually basketball as well. Um, and I, I knew the things that I love to do. And I was like, I'm going to devote everything uh, to, towards those things because life is just too short you know? Um, and so that when I, when I discovered that I knew I was going to be an artist and when I started really doing more theater and I found the community in, in theater and found how much I enjoyed it, I was like, this is one of those things that I love to do. So I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And, uh, it's, uh, obviously we don't know what the, uh, it sounds like it was more, it may have been a, like a blood disease or, um, the, it sounds like the autoimmune, um, issue that you had, may have been circulatory, but um, it, it sounds like uh, theater really focused you um, as a child to not focus on what the illness or the ailment that you had, but to get you active. And uh, it sounds like it was, it was sort of a godsend for you. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Abs absolutely. I mean, um, you know, I, I was just a, I was a very, I'm, I mean, I still am. I, I do. I was a very sort of multidisciplinary kid. And I mean, when I was sick, actually, like I, so I missed a lot of the fourth grade year and then I came back my fifth grade year and I one of the first things I did was I found um like a a children's like theater company um wow and, uh, yeah and to and it was like I mean I hadn't been to school in seven months I'm mean, at that age if you miss like a year of school like I, I I had caught up I didn't get held back I was like had a tutor and everything but it was like a year of school that social element like you're behind you're really behind and so one of the first things I did when I I I, I I started school again and I did, I, I did a, um, a show and it was really like one of my first things back in the real world. I was, I played Bernardo in West Side Story and, nice. you know, I, as a, as a middle schooler and, and we did that. And that was for me, like I was able to find a community when I was like, honestly, like I'm an only child. I missed a ton of school just now. I was like a year of school, essentially. I'm kind of like a year behind socially. Like yeah. I was awkward at that point. And I was able to find a community in that, uh, in that theater, in that production. And I was able to make friends and I was able to kind of start getting my journey back socially. And it was some, so it was something I could, was excited to do every day and excited to go out and go um, and act and sing and, um, you know, hang out with my friends. And, and that for me has always been why I love theater is because, you know, I really enjoyed the acting and singing part, but I, I really loved the community and the fact that I was able to find friends after being in a situation where it's like, I haven't been around anyone my age for almost a year. Um, and that was like, that was really difficult. And that, so <laughs> being able to find a community where it's like, hey, you know, we, I think some of the kids sort of knew what was going on. Some of the kids didn't, but, you know, I was able to, I was able to find community there and that was pretty dope. Yeah, you know, I was going to bring Norman in, you know, because I know you work with a lot of kids, Norman. Do you find that the job to be done is not just to teach kids, you know, the fundamentals of theater, but also to bring them out of their shell to help I, them find I, a sense of, go ahead. The fundamentals of theater, it's, uh, I hate the fundamentals of theater. <clears throat> I mean, I think there's a place for it. I really do. I think if you are ready and focused that's when you get to do all that stuff. But most of the time I'm dealing with kids and it is more, I approach it as we're going to do theater, but I know that really my job is just to get this kid comfortable with getting up on their feet and making noise and, you know, and making some choices, hopefully. That's about as good as it gets. So last night, I didn't mention this, but last night was the recital for the East Bay Center for the Performing Arts up in Richmond. 
I work there and I also take lessons, my clarinet lessons there. So I had to turn in a recital piece and I'm watching these recitals. I know these kids. I've worked with a lot of them. And Mara was like, oh my God, there's this one little girl. And she's like, oh, look at her. She's like doing all this stuff now. She's so expressive. And she was so shy. You did so much to bring her out of her shell. And I'm like, well, I guess, I guess what I did is I helped bring her out of her shell. I still look at it as making theater. So I'm like, I never really got her to that place where I felt like she was comfortably making theater, but she must have paid attention to something I was teaching because yes, she was one of the most expressive people out of the whole recital. Yeah, and I even know from my own experience, you know, just uh, doing the church stuff when I was a little kid, doing speeches and things like that, the confidence building. I mean, it, it you know, I felt like... Um, <clears throat> I just felt stronger. I felt uh, more communicative. And it's something that you were talking about, Christian. Uh, I think when we think about the arts and especially the defunding of the arts, I was having a discussion with a friend of mine earlier this week about um, how the arts are sometimes defunded out of a school, the school system because people don't awesome, see yeah. the, the, um, the, um, you know, the value of it. And, you know, what you're talking about as a young kid who may be awkward and who may be going through uh, personal issues at home, whatever that may be, theater is the thing that can say, hey, listen, here's where you can be a different character. You can put on clothing, uh, costumes, you can interact with other folks, and you can find something within yourself that you didn't, you didn't even know you had. So uh, I think that's uh, a fundamental value, even if you're, you may not grab onto theater. Um, yeah, but, not everybody is going to. Yeah, right. Exactly. But it could still build be a confidence booster for uh, for young kids. I want to get a little shout out here, though. So where was where was the school? The um, yeah, school where um, you started a- MCW Musical Theater Works. I haven't thought about them in a very long time. I think they're still I think they're still running. I forget. And that's in the city. That's in the city. Yeah. Wow. It's, city. No. Um, it's huh. at like a it's at like a museum. Actually, oh, wow. like a little museum. I forget which one. Oh, the place over, oh, geez, um, over near um, Twin Peaks? I think so, yeah. It's like yeah, really high okay. on a hill. It's been, I haven't thought about them since I was like 13 years old, I think. But yeah, mm-hmm. that was, I, I forgot. That's like one of the first things I did. I, 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 I ended up transferring schools because the, the school I went to before was like too hard for a kid coming back from a life-threatening illness. It was just too right. much work. And so I went to a different school and everything. So I went to all these different communities. And that was like one of the, the places that when I got there, I was able to make friends and, and, and meet people in a very turbulent time. So shout out, shout out to Musical Theater Works. Yeah, I, think yeah, they're yeah. Still, I think they're still rocking. Right and on. The other one I wanted to check on was, um, and where did you go to college? Um, I went to the college at Santa Clara University. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. with um, so. is that Aldo? Aldo oh yeah, Aldo? with Aldo. Um, yeah, hey. Yeah, yeah no, nah, credit credit Aldo for uh, uh, Aldo's the only reason that I even I got involved with Playground. Um, oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, he uh, um, yeah, he. It was a very funny story. I was actually, um, I, I was I was actually a uh, I, he he couldn't make a reading that he was in invited to and. He was like, "Hey, man, like, come take this," because um, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, my, I'm half black, but you know, people can't really tell. My dad, dad's light skin, my mom's white, and so mm-hmm. they had me come into this reading, and I was playing a full-blooded Nigerian kid. Uh, <laughs> so, so I show up, and I'm like, I'm like, oh wow, okay, this is Aldo, all right. 
appreciate you sending me this one, man. Um, but he ended up very personality-wise being very similar to me. Uh, is very sort of sardonic mm -hmm. and, uh, and and sarcastic and stuff, very Americanized. And um, I, I uh, somebody who works with Playground saw me at that reading years ago and was like, they needed somebody at a, at a Playground at, at, the, at the one that uh, you ended up directing me in, Norman. They needed I was somebody to come in the next. Yeah. Yeah, they need somebody to come in and act like, yeah, there was this kid who was really funny two years ago who was definitely not the type for the part, but uh, he was real funny in the role. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll call him up. And, um, and then... Yeah, and uh, it was the same sort of thing. He was supposed... You're playing this kid who had broken into this old lady's house and she doesn't realize that he's broken in. She thinks he's an EMT. And yeah, when, when you showed up at rehearsal, I was like... Um, I'm reading the script and I'm like, oh, and I thought, well, wait a minute. This is my favorite thing in casting. I don't want to go with the obvious. If I can make a choice that's going to make an audience think, I think it's a better choice. <laughs> so yeah, I got put in the position of going, oh, Norman, park your assumptions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that was a, uh, it was a, it was a very funny experience. Uh, but yeah, shout out, shout out to Aldo on that one. Um, but yeah, he also, Annie hit him up and was like, can, can Christian do this? And Aldo was like, yeah. And so like, he really yeah, was very yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and so um, absolutely. That was a, that was an awesome experience. So I really shout out to Aldo. He's a great dude. Great teacher. Do you consider yourself more a playwright? Uh, do you still act on stage? Um, I, I mean, I consider, I consider myself more of a writer because that was kind of the thing I always knew I was going to do right now. I'm actually in an MFA program for writing at university of San Francisco and I'm right, working on my first novel. Um, Ooh, right on. So I'm doing that right now. And, um, but yeah, I've always wanted to be a writer of multiple disciplines and, um, but yeah, so I've always considered that sort of my first thing. But I do love acting. Um, you know, I still do act. Um, I'm planning on now that the, hopefully the pandemic's kind of coming back. <laughs> I mean, I'm not coming back. Um, planning on auditioning more uh, now once we start doing theater in person. I uh, did some Zoom shows last year. And although those were great experiences, I feel like there was a lot of the fun of theater that I was missing out on. So, um, but yeah, I still, I still act. I love to act. I do find that I actually do my best work when I feel like acting is something that I'm enjoying and something I'm kind of choosing to do rather than like my main focus. I don't know mm -hmm. if that makes, I don't know if that makes yeah. a lot of sense, but when I no, get really into point. acting, I can get very, you know, I start watching myself as opposed to being in the moment, you yeah. know, cause I put that pressure on. So I'm like, if I'm, if I'm able to have fun, I'm able to do better work. And so I put the writing sort of as the writing's number one thing, so I can actually be a better actor. Uh, that's been my psychological journey around that. Mm -hmm. No, no, it's very, very cool. Let's talk about. We might as well talk about your piece that you have in Best of Playground. Uh, what's the title? I, I have no, I know nothing about it. So uh, let me. What's it all about? Yeah. So the title's um, Sasha and the Angelier, and it's actually a story that um, very much sort of mirrors my own experience. Uh, because it's about it I mean it literally mirrors my own experience uh, it's about a girl with an unnamed uh, autoimmune disorder and she is trying just trying to go to sleep and so one of the sort of coping mechanisms that she has is that she will start 
uh, she'll start reading a book and she will go off into the world of that book and it'll kind of distract her from her, her pain and stuff. And so she creates sort of this really elaborate worlds in her head um, from that book. And what she starts reading and she meets a character called the Angelier because the Angelier is the main character of the book. And she starts to feel so sick that she can't keep reading. So her and the Angelier have to sort of <laughs> create a, a own, their own little adventure together. And, um, and instead of going even going on an adventure, they end up kind of having a conversation with each other that I think changes, changes both of them in a very intense way. So hmm. um, it's fun. It's a little surreal. Um, it's a little mad. Uh, I'd like to think it's imaginative. Um, yeah, I, I, definitely. So, a little meta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and that's kind of, that tends to kind of be my style, um, in terms of playwriting, but yeah, I mean, um, we obviously got, we got some amazing people on it. Obviously we have Norman who's, Oh, we got lucky. We got lucky because we we had an actress break her foot. (laughs) Yeah. We had an actress break her foot and then we got Janae coming in. Yeah. Janae Simon. (laughs) Yeah. Janae Simon. Oh, that's excellent. You know, I've been dying to get her on the yay. She just, I don't know, I guess she's just shy, but what a, what a dynamic actress. And she, she's the protagonist. She's yeah. the, she plays the protagonist. And we have, uh, we have Jomar who's playing, playing the Angelier and they're both absolutely amazing. And he created the role, right? He initially, he initially did the role. Yeah. He initially did the role as well. So he was the, he was the first person to do it. He was amazing in that initial reading. And yeah. I was so happy we were able to get him back. And then um, Janae coming in at the last minute and absolutely nailing the part. Oh, yeah. oh Janae is fantastic. Now, Norman, you, I mean, I've, I've tried to get her on. So if she won't listen to me, maybe she'll listen to you. Can you ask I, her to, to be on out. the A? <laughs> no, I've, I've definitely, <clears throat> I've reached out more than once because she is just, she's fantastic. Oh, she's just absolutely excellent. I mean, I, I acted with her on stage. We did uh, Civil War Christmas. She was uh, uh, Keckley, um, Elizabeth Keckley, who was a historical figure in, uh, pre-Civil War. I think she was the seamstress for um, Mary Todd Lincoln. Any case, uh, Janae is, is just fantastic. She's done a bunch of stuff. And uh, yeah, you've lucked up, Christian. And you know, you can't ask for a greater, greater uh, actress to do the protagonist. But it sounds like your piece is, it's fanciful, but it's also very personable. And I, I always enjoy plays where you have one-on-one conversations. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's based, it sounds like it's based on text. It's based on the interaction, the, the relationship between this imaginary figure and the protagonist. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And it actually, uh, it actually was kind of one of the reasons, it's one of the reasons I really became a writer because when you're sick for an extended period of time, especially at that age, when you're 10, something like seven months feels like two years right um you end up having to watch a lot of tv a lot of good tv a lot of bad tv or or, you know consuming a lot of media reading a lot of books reading a lot and you know like i i literally would do what she did i would go off into the world of whatever i was trying to be at because it was i was too painful to be in the world that i was at now and um that was one of the things that i was able to fall in love with um creating art in a way that I hadn't been able to do quite yet before and I was able to realize like wow like being able to escape into something else being able to go to some place that makes you feel things in the way that stories do like that is a was a very powerful feeling for me and that was something that really got me through the day a lot of the time 
And I mean, and there would be times where it was like, you know, I was trying to read a book or whatever, and I just wouldn't even feel good enough to read past the start. Like, uh, Mm -hmm. and I would just have to, you know, I I started this book. I'm going to, I'm going to make up what happens next. Um, And like that, that that was something that I actually did. And that was one of the reasons that I became a writer Mm -hmm. is because I would, you know, when I wasn't feeling well enough to even consume stuff, I would be creating worlds of my own. And, you know, eventually I was like, I got to put that, I got to put those down on paper. Um, I, I remember, so, yeah, yeah, no, I remember reading that, uh, I think the creator of Peter Pan, I think he did the same thing when he was either he was sick or a child was sick and uh, he wrote uh, Peter Pan. But, I, you know, you can, if you're stuck in bed, you know, that's, uh, you can, you can still create and you know do amazing things um now how, how many other plays have you written have you had other things produced well yeah, the funny thing is so i've been going through my notes and I, I had to clean up my play space so that the boys could have their party i found my notes for last year because i got to do christian this so this is we're talking about best of playground these are the plays that were already in the season and this is just a collection of some of those that are that make it into best of playground. Christian also was in last year with I'm back, which is a wonderful play. And I got to direct that one as well. So that was fun. Wow. Uh, so you've done, you've had two. I feel like I've done yeah, another one of yours too. I'm trying to remember what it is. Uh, I remember you, because you, you, you did, um, you did I'm back twice, right? You did the reading yeah. and then you did the, you did the, you did the final one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like we have worked together. I, I, uh, it's yes. always so quick. I mean, it's, that's it's in the playground. You're in one rehearsal, bam. Yeah, it's so it's so quick because I had, um, yeah, because I'm I'm only a couple, I'm a couple years out of college, and last year was my first year in the playground writers pool. So I had, um, God, what was it? I think it was two. Uh, two done last year and two done this year. Mm-hmm. Um, as a part of the Monday Night Playground se- series, and then I was lucky enough to make Best of Playground both times. Right. Um, and which is yeah. very impressive. <laughs> uh, thank you. Um, but yeah, I was I was lucky enough to do that. And then um, in college, I actually was able. I was I got the opportunity to write a main stage production. Damn. Um, so that was my sort of my first kind of produced play. I was able to head write. We were doing a devised play, but it was um, it was based off of a concept that I did, and I was the, the lead writer on that. So mm-hmm. um, you know, it was it was crazy. I got to have my name on a marquee and everything. It was it was nuts. But that was that was my first sort of like like you know really felt like produced produced play. Very um, nice. So that I, was, I, I was going to ask, um, how has your experience been with a uh, playground? Um, has it? Oh, I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. Um, playground is amazing. I mean, especially like being uh, a young artist trying to come into the Bay Area theater. Um, <laughs> like it was, it was, it was spectacular. Like, uh, I mean, at first it was a little bit intimidating because you got all these people and I'm like, man, I am the youngest person here. And, you know, I don't know anybody and everybody knows each other mm-hmm. um, like three different ways at least. And it, it, so it was initially very scary. But um, once I started to get the hang of it, it was great. Um, and just like the people who you get an opportunity to work with and just hang out with, um, 
it's just amazing. Like, you know, like the amount of times that I was like, wait a minute, I saw it. Like, you know, like you're acting in my play and I saw you like <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. Like I was just watching you a couple of weeks ago being like in awe. And like now you're acting in my silly little play. Um, you know, I mean, I remember. Well, and you was... also got to do uh, the pre-COVID that's reg has just been uh, in the pool for the first time in the writer's pool yeah and that was oh, wow. during covid but uh it, it must be wonderful to have your piece actually on the stage the portrayal hill stage oh, yeah. um yeah oh yeah it was absolutely absolutely wonderful amazing experience i remember that was the that sort of starstruck feeling because my first play ever i had uh i had michael b austin was in my play like a play that i wrote and i'd just seen him be the lead in um as you like it at SF Shakes, because one of my right. friends was was interning on that, and so I just seen that oh, over who? the summer. Which friend? Uh, Skylar Adams. Oh, Skylar! Yay! I love Skylar. Yeah, no, she's great. Um, but I just I had just seen him in that, so I was like, dang, you know, it's like he's 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 doing a great job. And then I, my very first play that I, I wrote for Playground, it, it got in, and Michael B. Austin is the lead in it. <laughs> I'm like, what? Right. What is this? This is crazy. Um. You know, so it's it's I mean, it's been a it's been a spectacular experience, especially as a young artist who's like trying to meet people. I mean, I also met my my girlfriend of almost a year now in, through Playground. So got a shout oh, her out. Yeah. Nice. Uh, very, very Claire, nice. Claire Gannam. She's actually directing one of the shows of Best of Playground. So oh, shucks. we, we got to get her on the show. We got. Oh, her yeah. On the show. Yeah, absolutely. So she's yeah, she's great. Um, yeah, she's directing Pivot, the uh, the first one. So. Yeah, so like I mean, playground damn great that time. one. It, it's <laughs> always fun to do best of playground, um, and uh, any of the playgrounds because you you've got these series of short pieces that are being done, and if I'm directing one, I want my piece to be the best. I really do. When another piece is better, just undeniably better, like holy cow! I'm you know, pivot is smart and quick and insane. And the two actors are just over the top crazy. Oh yeah, no, I love Pivot. I love Pivot so much. Like it's, it is, it is so smart. It's so fast, and it, I mean, it's just genius. It's like, it is. I mean, it's you know, it talks about everything that we were talking about, social media, um, yeah. all the new stuff, and even what we're talking about around politics, where you know, the, I mean, you know, I don't want to spoil it, but they, 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 right. it, it gets at everything that's like going on today in such this way of like i mean i know i was a writer or i was like you know one of the best things that you could like even give as a as a writer to a piece is how did i not think of that because it's one of those right. things that's so creative but so obvious yep. but no one else thought of it now you know, i'm curious who did. now i'm curious who wrote it um basilio uh, i, I, I have the time. window up because i i figured we should talk some about this best of playground stuff it's it's amazing oh it's, uh, a, it's a really good one it is uh, pivot. Uh, uh, Basilio, Basilio Mendez. Yeah. All right. Uh, who is also performing in one of the other shows and is wonderful in that too. Yeah. Yeah, we got a lot of cross pollination. Um, yeah. No, we got some good stuff going. So yeah. No, that's. Uh, so there's um, there's uh, pivot, blended histories by Akina Ghosh, uh, the art of suffering by Anne Yumi Kabori. Uh, Zagriet by Chris Steele, and that's directed by uh, Sean Owens, who we're going to have on the show in a couple of weeks. Um, La Panchada by Etea Trinidad, 
Curry and Crumpets by Leela Villatham and Sasha and the Angela by Christian Wilborn. You know, one cool thing about um, what Jim Kleiman has created in, in Playground, not only creating the environment where playwrights can get their plays heard and actors can get their feet wet by uh, participating in a little, I think it's, um, what is it, uh, 10 minutes uh, pieces? Yeah, typically about 10 minutes. 10 yeah, exactly. 10 but also, less than 15. Yeah, but also creating the community where artists can interact with one another and you can collaborate, you can work on, let's say, talk about other projects or whatever. It's mm -hmm. a nice, it really is, you know, to, it really is a playground where uh, artists can, you know, get their works done. And, and even if it's just, uh, you know, a 10 minute piece, it's a little taste. So you can show someone else, hey, this, this is my potential. This is what I can do. Well, even Whether, more mm -hmm. right now, um, because of Zoom, because Jim wanted us to kind of raise the bar on what we do and not just, you know, not just make it a reading and little tiles. Um, our tech has been incredible. So we've got costumes, we've got backgrounds, we've got lighting, we've got sound, we've got it all. And, uh, and people have pushed it as hard as they can. So Oh, it's yeah. been exciting to and to get to work with those people, you know, to have somebody say, like in our show in the Angelier, what can we do to make this character fantastic? I mean, this is a he's a fictional character come to life. How do we how do we represent that? And the costumer and the lighting person were like, well, I think we can do this. And in fact, they're even doing more adjustments, hopefully today. <laughs> Um, to see if we can make it pop even more but it's just been it's been incredible yeah very absolutely. yeah <laughs> this whole show has been a sort of a, a playground commercial but really if you're a young playwright or a young uh, artist and you want to get your feet wet in theater and really get some exposure uh, you can't go wrong with playground and uh, not only that but you know uh, they also have connections with other companies throughout the united states uh, where yep. you can submit pieces um, so the, it, it's a wonderful uh, place to uh, to get known. One question I had for you, Christian, um, a Christian Wilburn play, I mean, because uh, a lot of artists, they have their own personal stamp, whether it's a uh, comedy, whether it's a social commentary, um, whatever it may be. Uh, when when someone watches a Christian Wilburn play, wh what, what will they be getting? Yeah, well, usually I think um, a lot of what I tend to go to is, um, you know, some level of comedy you know at least a little bit of a hint of humor so sometimes i go full comedy sometimes i do just a hint of humor um uh heart as well and then just a little bit of the fantastical in some way shape or form either it's either it's a very heightened situation or sometimes a lot of times like sasha and the angelier it's bringing something to life bringing something out into the surface that could only that wouldn't be able to happen in the real world that would be more subtextual or kind of underneath the surface and kind of bringing that thing out so um, those tend to be what I, I like to go for um, the most. I really like making art that kind of brings people together, that makes people feel good, um, you know, that makes people feel, uh, um, you know, can, can make people, you know, kind of warm their heart a little bit, um, or at least, you know, make them laugh for a while. Um, I tend to, I'm not, I don't know if I'm the most, uh, I don't know if I'm the most like jaded sort of guy, or, or I don't really like making stuff that are, huge downers for people because I, I like being able to brighten people's day so that's sort of my big thing and um 
you know, but uh, sort of, and I like, I like making, I like making art that asks big questions as well. Um, my first play that I put on, uh, you know, the, the play that I got produced in college uh, at my university was Love Stories, which was all about um, dating in the digital age. I wanted to ask these big questions about the way that, um, that love works now, you know, and mm -hmm. I, I, to this place, Austin the Angelier, it's really about like, what does it mean to be sick in terms of, you know, how that changes you as a person, the fact that you're being limited from being able to become <clears throat> who you want, who you want to be <clears throat> in the world. How does that affect you? How does that affect your identity? Um, so I love plays that ask big questions like that. Very. I'd be curious to see what happens when you stretch out into a full length. I've, I've gotten to see the shorts. I've actually gotten to read some of the other ones, the other playground submissions. So I'm, yeah. I, 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 I get a sense of, excuse me, how you approach a subject I was going to ask you, Norman, I mean, you've directed two of Christian's uh, pieces as a director. What have you seen? What what are these styles of, of Christian's plays? Well, that's uh, uh, that that little bit of whimsy is um, which is funny because I, I don't find his plays to be they aren't cartoonish or, or, or over the top in that way. But there's still something that's a little more than um, everyday life. I, I whimsy would be the word I'd use for it, because in both. Uh, this play and in um, I'm Back, um, you've got a, a kind of fantastical element, but what the play is grounded in is the relationship. Both plays have this strong sense of relationship and these people kind of sorting through their own stuff, but doing it together. And that's, I love that. I, I hate when a play just becomes sort of the equation of, I want my character to talk about this. And instead, the char each character has a thing that they're going after, but that relationship affects how they're able to communicate. I, I find that, and when you give it to two competent actors, because what that means is there's a depth there and you give it to two competent actors and they just dive, they dive deep. And suddenly you find yourself getting a little teary eyed. And when that happens, I'm like, oh man, I, when, when you feel like the audience is going to want to wrap the character up in their arms and take them home with them, then you know you've done your job. You've accomplished what you were setting out to do. Yeah, I think as a as a writer, because there's always the emphasis of, okay, what is the character doing? And there's such an emphasis on um, the motivation and what to do. And sometimes you can lose perspective as to building a strong character. Uh, I remember uh, when I was in school, Duke Ellington School of the Arts, um, they had us do, um, this is an acting class, they had us do a character analysis, like uh, to build, and I think the exercise was all about, what is your character, where did your character come from, um, what, what are the things that your character um, believes in, um, to, 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 um, to create the life, such a, you know, a, a three-dimensional life, I mean, we know the characters that we really grab onto and, and hold onto as an audience member, um, the one dimensional characters are the ones where there's just no depth. And so I really appreciate a writer that can really create a strong character and you really get a sense of really a diverse character development. Um, do you find Christian, when you write your characters that they have a rich, rich background? Yeah, I'm, I am one of those people that I tend to really figure out the character is on the page. Um, and I, yeah, I, I mean, I've started recently, like when you move into novel writing, everything's so different. So I've started trying to do a little bit more, like I'm gonna, you know, write the backstory of these people and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. I really love um, finding a character through their voice, 
um, you know, I'll have like a line or two or an idea of two, and then I'll start writing. And um, I think that's one of the things that I, I actually really like about Sasha and the Angelier is that I feel like both of them are pretty distinct voices in the way that they speak. Um, and their own little eccentricities that I, I think they, I think that I, 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 I liked a lot um, after writing it. But yeah, so I find that, um, you know, putting it on the page, putting their voice on the page and kind of just kind of seeing where it goes sometimes. I mean, that, that, that's the two plays that, you know, made it into Best of Playground for me. I'm back in Sasha and Angelia. I remember I, I sent in and was like, man, I had the exact same feeling about both of them, which was like, ah, man, I don't, I don't know. We'll see. Because it was so much about, like, it was so, I'm, I'm usually such a very structural guy. And these plays were just so much about these two characters having this conversation that was kind of, you know, that like, kind of like had these sort of like, you know, like that they didn't have that same momentum that you would normally want in, in, right. a, in a piece. And it was very much about these two people just kind of exploring each other and exploring their relationship and asking questions of each other. And it was like, man, like, I don't, I mean, I don't know. Is this like, is this going to be really boring for everybody? <laughs> um, you know, so I, I, I remember thinking like I had the exact same feeling. And, and I think it, I think that those character explorations, like the fact that it was sort of this naturalistic thing might've been why it, it people ended up liking it. Um, but I think that was, that was something that was, uh, yeah, like that, that's something that I've, I've always noticed around characters that I, I really like getting them down on the page and kind of getting them talking and getting them going. And then, stuff starts to fill out and I'll write something and they'll say, you know, they'll say something about their lives. And like, I'm learning that. Oh, cool. That's what they, you know, that's what they're from. That's what they like to do in their free time. You mm -hmm. know, I'll find that, I'll find that out in the, in the first draft or so, but it's, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. I actually, that was, those character analyses were always my, my least favorite exercises in acting class. Cause I was like, it's not on the page. Whether it went to college <laughs> right. isn't on the page. <laughs> like, so right. I, I've always had trouble with that. I always like being able to have, uh, you know, conveying as much as I can via subtext or text, um, you know, uh, of who a character is on the page and, and, and letting people run with that. Yeah, yeah. And I remember having a conversation with Jeannie Baroga um, about sometimes you don't know what the character is until you start writing. And all of a sudden, because I, I know I'm very structural my own self, and I would want to make sure before I even write or, you know, I call it pen on paper, but really, you know, just typing on the word processor. Yeah. Um, I need to know what the character is going to, you know, how, how does this thing end? And I get a little nervous if I start writing and I'm like, I don't know how this is going to end. I don't know where this is going to go. But sometimes that's where the most creative writing can happen when all of a sudden through just spontaneity, a character goes in a direction you you hadn't even expected. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think some of my favorite my favorite moments and honestly, my best moments when I've written is when I've been able to write something that surprised myself. Like, uh, you know, when, you know, I, I, I've been thinking a lot about uh, making the non-obvious choice uh, lately because uh, that's something I've been wanting to I mean work on in my writing because we're always improving so you know that's something and I feel like the moments of making the non-obvious choice are when you're able to discover you know as you're writing like oh wait a minute now this doesn't go here it goes over there and being able to kind of look back through all the way there, like oh this is my what I thought was going to happen isn't what's going to happen this is what's going to happen now and I feel like like those often are times like at least for me, like my, my best points of writing, which is when I realized that, oh yeah, everything that I thought I was gonna do 
no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do this other thing because that actually works better. Like mm. uh, being able to find those things and surprise yourself in the moment has been very helpful. Yeah. And we're hitting the one hour mark. One last question for you. Where do you see yourself in the future? Where do you want to be? I don't know, five, 10 years from now. Yeah. Or even yeah. just what's next. Yeah. Yeah. I know for me, uh, immediately, I mean, I have five, 10 years is, feels like a very long time, but we'll see. Um, but I, I know right now I, I, I'm finishing up my, my, my thesis as a part of my MFA uh, in writing. So um, hopefully I will finish my novel very soon and trying to shop that or in the next you know, year or two, that's very soon for a novel. There's the few plays that I'm working on right now that um, I would like to, you know, I'm looking at getting residencies for and, and trying to see if I can put those on in the next couple of years. I also want to get my, uh, uh, finally get my toes into screenwriting. I've been, you no. know, film was the first, you know, I mean, the, the thing I was exposed to most to as a kid, it's not easy to find screenwriting classes, you know, as a 13 year old. Um, so we, you know, I, I, I want to be able to see if I can move into that as well. Those are sort of the artistic realms. And then also starting acting again, starting acting, starting uh -huh. going to auditions, um, doing a lot of that. Those, those seem to be the immediate, uh, sort of the immediate things that I'm focusing on. And, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, yeah, I mean, for the next five or 10 years, you know, I'm somewhere in between having some sort of steady uh, job in the arts, whether it be teaching or acting or something or being, you know, having millions and millions of dollars as a famous actor, writer, you know, somewhere in between one of those things, next five, 10 years. That's Come on, dream big or, or go home. <laughs> yeah, have, well, you ever, you know. <laughs> have you ever, have you thought about YouTube or, you know, a lot of uh, young folks are doing that? Oh yeah, actually. Yeah. 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 I'm um, yeah. One of the, yeah, actually yeah, I have been starting potentially doing a, um, a, a YouTube channel um, that's been centered around uh, uh, basketball commentary. I'm a huge, huge basketball fan. Um, that was actually probably one of my first loves outside of the arts. And um, yeah, so I've, I've always loved that. And I kind of like combining, you know, the skills that I've sort of learned as a writer and as like an essayist with my knowledge of the game. Um, you know, my novel is all about high school basketball um, very centered around that and in that world because um, I played played basketball for a long time played a little bit overseas um, you know it's a uh, so it's it's a big it's a big part of my life so I've been planning on doing something wow you must that. be really really good uh, I'm, I'm solid I mean like you know it was it, it it's there, there's a lot of people who are a lot better than me um, <laughs> you know it, it's uh but I I'm all right. I, I can outshoot a lot of people. I could, I could outshoot just about anybody. I'm just, I can't, I can't, you know, I can't dunk on anybody, but I can outshoot most people. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm picturing a Clay Thompson and uh, I'm a bit of a, you know, I wasn't a basketball fan until I came to the Bay. And of course, you know, Steph Curry and the Warriors sort of blew up. And even before then, the, you got to believe a uh, team. So I'm, I'm hoping that um, Clay Thompson will get back on the court next year oh yeah i mean that, that was one thing about the pandemic i watched like every game this year me and my mom just yeah just all of them it was a it was a great bonding experience we watched right every every warriors game right all righty well i want to be respectful of people's time um so um let's get into shout outs birthdays okay i'm throwing uh some of I... the uh stuff in the chat oh come on chat there it is chat 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 just so you have these links um erp, and now i have to close that oh no it didn't go did it you can text it to technology me, so. there mm -hmm. it is okay 
Um, birthdays. Um, today actually is my stepmother's birthday, Concetta G. Um, and you know, that woman has, I realize now is one of the best influences I've had on my life. Um, as a child, I sort of thought of step parents the way you think about them in fairy tales, you know, the evil stepmom or something. She not only never was evil, she was always wonderfully supportive and loving. And so I, 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 take those lessons as I am now a step parent and try to, to see if I can measure up. Same for my uh, second David mom. Ford's birthday is today. He's a um, playwright and playwriting instructor at the Marsh. Uh, Diana Torres costs. Um, I met her as a sort of musical director out at the Willows theater, which doesn't exist anymore in Concord, but she's actually in the South Bay and does a lot with South Bay musicals. Um, Michelle Elaine Inyaniro. <clears throat> hope I pronounced that right, um, is um, a young woman, was a young woman that I knew with the African-American Shakespeare Company. Andrea Love was in the As You Like It. Um, she played um, Phoebe. She was oh, the nice. uh, disdainful, you know, the one who was disdainful of the young Sylvius who wanted to be with her. Amazing woman, amazing musician. And I think she's about to make the jump to New York. Oh, wow. uh, Brian Lohman is somebody I met when I was doing improv Bay Area theater sports and he was one of their instructors he is just a genius on stage and a really giving teacher uh, Blair Zerubic and I had the honor of being in San Francisco Shakespeare Festival's um, understudies for Love's Labor's Lost and they last minute decided we were going to be the crew and what that did was allowed them to go ahead and pay us a weekly stipend rather than just paying us if we were on stage but um we that meant we spent a lot of time backstage running we each were doing at least three of the main characters understudying so we would run scenes where we were running all the lines just the two of us it was wow. kind of crazy um vernon madeiras uh is he's the uh he's a veteran of the bay area theater scene he's been with the african-american shakespeare company for a long time and he has done a solo piece and that will actually go up. So one of those links is for Vernon's show as part of Afro Solos Festival that's coming up. Uh, Catherine Dickinson, I went to high school with and we did all the musicals when we were in high school. I don't know if she did any theater after that. Raymond Nat Turner, somebody else I know through Afro Solo. Um, and that is the first link I sent you, which is Upsurge. He is part of this group that has been doing spoken word and poetry since since back in the day, I mean, you know, he has been at it and um, I was lucky to be able to do a very personal, I directed a very personal piece he did about uh, the passing of his father. Um, Max Chang, who was the one you probably have. Yeah, but that's okay. Um, and Max is actually working with me right now on this Baldwin, the research we're doing on this Baldwin, James Baldwin piece. Um, Joma Sands is um, somebody, a Filipino actor, really powerful actor. And I don't know if he's even in the area anymore, but God, you meet somebody like that and you want to see more of their work. Haley Sakomano was um, an actress I got to work with on God of Carnage, a wonderful play about just it's four characters in a room going at each other. It's sort of a comic version of uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, intense as play. A couple more, uh, David Arrow, actor that um, I didn't know anything about. He apparently travels the area as an actor. He's a regional actor. He's always moving around. And um, we got to work with him on Jeannie Baroga's play Buffaloed down at San Jose Stage. 
Barry Lank, another high school alum of mine who went on to have a very successful comedy career. So every now and then I hear something pop up and it's Barry and I'm like, wow. Uh, Kirk Livingston, one more um, improviser. Um, uh, Hallie Fraser is somebody I wasn't even that aware of. I met her through Richard Talavera and then kept bumping into her at theater stuff. She's been in the theater scene for a long time. And then the last one I have is Elizabeth Craven. Um, and Elizabeth Craven was um, somebody who, uh, Sixth Street Playhouse up in Santa Rosa um, was the combination of two smaller companies that have put together this very successful company. And she was one of the people who helped make that happen and helped bring me in when I got to do Lobby Hero when I was up there. So those are my birthdays for the week. Happy birthday, y'all. And uh, my list is very, very short. Christopher Minori is birthday is today. Christopher Minori is uh, a playwright. I think he's also a co-playwright of the Texas Chainsaw Musical. That was a musical oh. that I worked on. Um, yeah, it's a musical based on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Very fun, very um, slapstick. Uh, it was it was at the Fringe Festival. God, how many how many years was it? Maybe 2011, I think. But in any case, it was also done at the Willows. So his birthday is today. Also, tomorrow, is it tomorrow? No, 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 hold on for a second. Excuse me. Uh, the 31st, Molly Alice Crossed, who is a, uh, right. we had, we're out on the A. Uh, she is a uh, Filipina Jewish playwright. Uh, she was the playwright of What We Found. And her play, it will be at the The Whole Megillah, which is a Jewish new play festival. I'm not even sure where this is at. Um, <laughs> Well, these days it's probably on Zoom. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll have a link to it. I'm, I'm uh, San Diego. It's at San Diego Repertory Theater. That's where oh, it's nice. at. So that's awesome. And her birthday is on the 31st. She'll be 27 years old. You mentioned Max Chang. He'll be 25. And the only other one that I have, Janice Fuller Leone. Um, she's an uh, older actress, a veteran actress, and she and I were did one ten in the shade at the Douglas Morrison Theater. 74 um, uh, i'm i'm sorry i have no idea how old she is but um yeah janice leon fuller her birthday is june the 4th that's it uh shows so i mentioned upsurge upsurge jazz is actually what it's called upsurgejazz.com and that's raymond nat turner's website where he talks about uh where his performances are he performs both he's bicoastal he and his uh, wife zoe um are put together amazing programs so I don't know what the current one is, but that website will give you information. Um, and I have the Oakland Theater Project, their Begin the Begin, um, with Dawn Troop uh, directing uh, that begins today. Um, of course, Best of Playground, that'll be tonight at seven o'clock and tomorrow at seven o'clock. And you get it, uh, tickets, tickets.playground slash, not slash, tickets.playground hyphen sf.org. <laughs> Um, Afro Solo, yeah, and then the Afro Solo Arts Festival Program 1 will be in a couple of weeks, June 9th, and Vernon's show is in that first program. And then uh, finally, both of you are invited to this uh, Play Cafe is having me do a talk and a question and answer with playwrights. Um, I call it, you wrote your play, now meet your director, your baby's nursemaid. Um, and I'm really, I've talked to a few playwrights that I've worked with to say, hey, if you want to talk about what your experience is positively or negatively working with me or things that just surprised you, that's what this is. Because Play Cafe is a, play, is a 
organization that really encourages writers to get their stuff on the page. But what is that next step? I don't think people think about that very often. So that's what this talk is specifically going to be about. And that's on June 6th at four o'clock. And uh, I only have a couple of things. Uh, the next big thing, uh, Radhika Rao, she, uh, we talk about her at nauseam, and we've had her on twice. Um, she is participating, I think she's an actress in Moxie Arts New York, uh, yeah. moxiearts.org. Apparently they have a show, um, is it a movie? Is it a play? I'm not sure what's being streamed, but it's called right. The Next Big Thing. Uh, it began yesterday, May 28th, it ends June the 1st. We'll have a link to that. Um, and you mentioned, uh, I thought you were going to mention Fat Ham. Is that still happening? Um, I saw a thing. I got an email, actually, because I enjoyed it so much. I guess I signed up for it. I got an email thanking everybody. So I'm not sure if it's still up, but we can share the link and people can try and find it. It is a Hamlet at a barbecue. It's Black <laughs> Hamlet at a barbecue. Oh, tell you more awesome. would be to give away too much. But it's, it is fun. It's brilliant. They use, it's film but it was originally a stage play and they've added in the camera in some wonderfully inventive ways all right so we'll check out fat ham that's wilmatheater.org and we'll have the link to that i'm not sure if it's still up but you know we want to still promote it um i think tomorrow will be the last day for neighborhood stories Yay. um and yumi kabori and sherry lynn miller who have been guests on the yay they have been performing in that um shakespeare I've been promoting oh, that. Right. That'll be going on until August. Uh, Titus Andronicus is happening. Uh, Alan Coyne is in that. That'll be available June 26. And uh, Lamont Rugel and Cynthia Logodzinski are in Richard III with Lamont playing Richard III. That's going to be absolutely awesome. Um, and that will be on August the 28th, and we'll have the link to that. Um, Ruben Grahal, actually, okay, shoot me when that's that's done. So I'm not going. I'm going to delete that. Um, tomorrow is the last day. Today and tomorrow will be the last day to see Occupant by Edward Albee. Uh, two soon old productions. That's directed by Letitia Duarte, mm -hmm. uh, and you can email Edward Albee's Occupant at gmail.com. We'll have the link to that. And the last thing is uh, we've been pushing uh, quick fire monologues. If you're a uh, an actor who's a little bored and you want to do a monologue by a, um, um, a young playwright, then you can, um, I think there's an email. You can email quickfiremonologues at gmail.com and right. you'll get a monologue and it'll be posted on Facebook. Alan, Alan um, Coyne has been doing a bunch of them. Oh, Lowell Sonoris. Yeah, exactly. So uh, check that out. That is it. Um, and of course, Best of Playground that's happening tonight. And you'll be seeing a bunch of and Chris, wonderful, wonderful anything plays. Anything else you want to shout out? Yeah, I was kind of, yeah. I just kind of wanted to say, um, uh, back to the birthdays bit. My, my, my girlfriend Claire, her birthday was yesterday, actually. Right on. Twenty six. So, um, she's directing a best of playground play tonight. So I, I kid, would be remiss to not shout her out. Happy birthday, babe! I love you. Yay! Right on. Well, and we should say that, you know, we are coming up on our 200th episode, so we oh, may as well wow. start pumping that. Oh, yeah. congratulations. Yeah, Look and we that. want we really do want to thank all of the uh, the listeners of the Yay who've been who, uh, you know, when Norma and I began this four years ago, 
we had no idea we it could have ended you know in two episodes we could have said oh my god we're just bored or whatever but it has really really grown and we'll talk more about what the a means for us and hopefully what the a means for you but we just want to say thank you thank you for everyone who's been involved whether you've been a guest a listener a sponsor um everyone so thank you so much christian did you enjoy yourself today Oh, I had so much fun. I mean, thank you for, you know, thank you for bringing me on. It was a great time. Um, and I'm excited to, yeah, I'm excited to, you know, happy almost 200 episodes. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you, and, and, you know, thank you for being a guest. Like I said, our guests are the ones who sort of make the A possible. So you're, you're a part of it. You're a part of the tapestry. In any case, and also uh, I should add that we are on Facebook. We have a Facebook channel, so check us out. Like, subscribe, give us a thumbs up. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. And um, that's that. Uh, if you're listening to us on the regular podcast app, we're on all podcast apps. We're on Spotify. So if you have an uh, iPhone or an iPad, we're on that purple little app that you see right here, and you can find the A. Matter of fact... It has our old logo, which is not good. I have to talk to Apple oh, about on. that. That's, 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 no, no, that's the original. Let's just we'll just say that's the classic. Right, exactly. And if, and if you're an Android user, you can use the um, SoundCloud app or just go on SoundCloud.com, and you can also listen to us. The A was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise, or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter. We're on Instagram. I'm at Red Space Clay. And I'm at Who's Your Hoosier. Christian, do you have social media that people can reach out to you directly? Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, um, I do have Twitter, but I'm not going to shout that one out. Um, but we're going to do, um, I'm, I am at, uh, I mean, I'm Christian Wilburn on Facebook. I am at, I should have these up already. Um, I am at uh, Christian Won't Burn, all one word, on Instagram. So people can uh, follow me there. W-O-N-T-B-U-R-N? Yeah. Uh, cool. That's, that's, that's where my socials are at. Right on. So if uh, anyone's looking for a great actor and also a, uh, a great playwright, um, be sure to hit up Christian and, um, you know, get the conversation going. We have, uh, we have all sorts of directors and creatives and um, owners of theaters who uh, listen to the A. So um it's good to have a good contact in any case thank you so much it's a wonderful morning it's 11 30 so um and good luck on best of playground i will be yeah, watching as well so time to get some things together <laughs> right on thank you so much have a wonderful memorial day weekend and as norman and i always say we gotta, we gotta find, find a better, better sign off and we are out <laughs>